0: Welcome to Fast Asleep. Thanks for being here. Are you here for a good night's sleep or a good story? Ha! We have both. Now, we're about to finish our Flannery O'Connor story, but first we want to mention an article in the New Yorker that refers to Ms. O'Connor as a racist. She was born in the South in 1925 and held throughout her life the beliefs of many during that time. Now, at the time of her death in 1964, she had experienced a conversion of heart in her stance toward people of color, and she wrote about it. In 1972, she posthumously received. National Book Award. Okay. Are you ready for a very rocky ride? Uh Uh-huh. Tuck in and steel yourself for the conclusion of Flannery O'Connor's A Good Man is Hard to Find. As soon as the children saw that they could move their arms and legs, oh, they scrambled out of the car, shouting, We've had an accident! The grandmother was curled up under the dashboard, hoping she was injured so that Bailey's wrath would not come down on her all at once. The horrible thought that she had had before the accident was that the house she had remembered so vividly was not in Georgia, but in Tennessee. Bailey removed the cat from his neck with both hands and flung it out the window, I'm sorry, against the side of a pine tree. Then. He got out of the car and started looking for the children's mother. She was sitting against the side of the red-gutted ditch, holding the screaming baby. She had only a cut down her face and a broken shoulder. We've had an accident, the children screamed in a frenzy of delight. But nobody's killed, June Star said with disappointment as the grandmother limped out of the car. Mm. Her hat still pinned to her head but the broken front brim standing up at a jaunty angle and the violet spray hanging off the side. Well, they all sat down in the ditch, except the children, to recover from the shock. They were all shaking. Ah, Maybe a a car will come along, said the children's mother, hoarsely. I believe I have injured an organ, said the grandmother, pressing her side. But no one answered her. Bailey's teeth were clattering. He had on a yellow sport shirt with bright blue parrots designed in it, and his face, well, his face was as yellow as the shirt. The grandmother decided that she would not mention that the house was in Tennessee. Now, the road was about 10 feet above, and they could see only the tops of the trees on the other side of it. Behind the ditch they were sitting in, there were more woods, tall and dark and deep. In a few minutes, they saw car, some distance away, on top of a hill, coming slowly, as if the occupants were watching them. Well, the Grandmother stood up and waved both arms dramatically to attract their attention. The car continued to come on, slowly, disappeared around a bend, and appeared again, moving Even slower on top of the hill they had gone over. It was a big, black, battered, hearse like automobile. Oh, and there were three men in it. It came to a stop just over them, and for some minutes the driver looked down with a steady, expressionless gaze to where they were sitting and didn't speak. And then he turned his head and muttered something to the other two, and they got out. One was a fat boy in black trousers and a red sweatshirt with a silver stallion embossed on the front of it. He moved around on the right side of them and stood staring, his mouth partly open in a kind of loose grin. The other had on khaki pants and a blue striped coat and a gray hat pulled down very low, hiding most of his face. He came around slowly on the left side. Neither spoke. The driver got out of the car and stood by the side of it, looking down at them. He was an older man, older than the other two. His hair was just beginning to gray, and he wore silver-rimmed spectacles that gave him a scholarly look. He had a long, creased face, and didn't have on any shirt or undershirt. He had on blue jeans that were too tight for him, and was holding a black hat and And, and a gun. The two boys also had guns. We've had an accident, the children screamed. The grandmother had the peculiar feeling that the bespectacled man was someone she knew. His face was as familiar to her as if, well, as if she'd known him all her life, but she could not recall who he was. He moved away from the car and began to come down the embankment, placing his feet carefully so that he wouldn't slip. He had on tan and white shoes and no socks, and his ankles were red and thin. "'Good afternoon.' he said. I see you all had a little spill. We turned over twice, said the grandmother. Once, he corrected. we seen it happen. Try their car and see if it'll run, Hiram, he said quietly to the boy with the gray hat. What you got the gun for? John Wesley asked. What you gonna do with that gun? Lady, the man said to the children's mother. Would you mind calling them children to sit down by you? Children, well, they make me nervous. I want you all to sit down right together there where you're at. Well, what are you telling us what to do for? June Star asked. Behind them, the line of woods gaped like a dark open mouth. Come here, said their mother. Now look here, uh, Bailey began suddenly. We're, we're in a predicament. We're in... The grandmother shrieked. She scrambled to her feet and stood staring. Oh, <gasps> you're the misfit, she said. Oh, I recognized you at once. Yes, am um, the man said, smiling slightly. As if he were pleased in spite of himself to be known. But uh, it would have been better for y'all, lady, if you hadn't recognized me. Bailey turned his head sharply and said something to his mother that shocked even the children. The old lady began to cry, and the misfit reddened. Now, lady, he said, don't you get upset. Sometimes Well, sometimes a man says things he don't mean. I don't reckon he meant to talk to you that way. You, You wouldn't shoot a lady, would you? The grandmother said and removed a clean handkerchief from her cuff and began to slap at her eyes with it. The misfit pointed the toe of his shoe into the ground, made a little hole, and then covered it up again. I would hate to have to, he said. Oh, now listen. The grandmother almost screamed. I know you're a good man. (laughs) You don't look a bit like you have common blood. I know you must come from nice people. Yes, ma'am, he said. Finest people in the world. When he smiled, he showed a row of strong white teeth. God never made a finer woman than my mother, and my daddy's heart mm -hmm, was pure gold, he said. The boy with the red sweatshirt had come around from behind and was standing with his gun at his hip. The misfit squatted down on the ground. Watch them children, Bobby Lee, he said. You know, They make me nervous. He looked at the six of them huddled together in front of him, and he seemed to be embarrassed, as if he couldn't think of anything to say. Ain't a cloud in the sky, he remarked, looking up at it. Don't see no sun, but don't see no cloud neither. Yes, Yeah, here's a beautiful day, said the grandmother. Now listen, she said, you shouldn't call yourself the misfit because, well, I know you're a good man at heart. I could could just look at you and tell. Hush, Bailey yelled. Hush, everybody shut up and let me handle this. He was squatting in the position of a runner about to sprint forward. But he didn't move. I appreciate that, lady, the misfit said. And he drew a little circle in the ground with the butt of his gun. Yeah, it's going to take about a half hour to fix this here car, Hiram called, looking over the raised hood of it. Well, first you and Bobby Lee get him and that little boy to step over yonder with you the misfit said pointing to bailey and john wesley now the boys they want to ask you something he said to bailey would you mind stepping back in them woods with them there now 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 listen bailey began we're in a terrible predicament Uh, nobody realizes what this is, and his voice cracked. His eyes were as blue and intense as the parrots in his shirt, and he remained perfectly still. The Grandmother reached up to adjust her hat brim, as if she were going to the woods with him, but, well, it came off in her hand. She stood staring at it and, Well, after a second, she let it fall on the ground. Hiram pulled Bailey up by the arm as if he were assisting an old man. John Wesley caught hold of his father's hand, and Bobby Lee followed. They went off toward the woods, and just as they reached the dark edge, Bailey turned And supporting himself against a gray, naked pine trunk, he shouted, I'll be back in a minute, Mama. Wait on me. You come back this instant, his mother shrilled, but they all disappeared into the woods. Bailey boy, the grandmother called in a tragic voice. But she found she was looking at the misfit squatting on the ground in front of her. just know you're a good man she said desperately you're not a bit common no my ain't and I ain't a good man the misfit said after a second as if he had considered her statement carefully but you know I ain't the worst in the world neither my daddy said i was a different breed of dog from my brothers and sisters you know daddy said it's some that can live their whole life out without asking about it and it's others has to know why it is and this boy this boy is one of the ladders he's going to be in everything he put on his black hat and looked up suddenly and then away, deep into the woods, as if he were embarrassed again. Oh, I'm sorry I don't have on a shirt before you ladies, he said, hunching his shoulders slightly. We buried our clothes, the ones we had on when we escaped. And, well, we're just making do until we can get better. We borrowed these from some folks we met he explained. Well, that's perfectly all right, the grandmother said. Maybe Bailey has an extra shirt in his suitcase. Mm -hmm. I'll look and see directly, the misfit said. Where are they taking him? The children's mother screamed. Daddy, you know, he was a card himself, the misfit said. You couldn't put anything over on him. Now, he never got in trouble with the authorities, though. Just had the knack of handling them. You could be honest, too, if you'd only try, said the grandmother. Think how wonderful it would be to settle down and live a comfortable life and not have to think about somebody chasing you all the time. The misfit kept scratching in the ground with the butt of his gun as if he were thinking about it. Yes, yeah, some, somebody is always after you. He murmured. The grandmother noticed how thin his shoulder blades were just behind his hat because well, she was standing up looking down on him, do you ever pray? She asked. He shook his head. All she saw was the black hat wiggle between his shoulder blades. No, he said. There was a pistol shot from the woods, followed closely by another. Then, silence. The old lady's head jerked around she could hear the wind move through the treetops like a long satisfied insuck of breath bailey boy she called i was a gospel singer <laughs> for a while the misfit said yeah <laughs> i've been almost everything been in the armed service both land and sea, at home and abroad, been twicked married, Mm mm-hmm, been an undertaker, been with the railroads, plowed Mother Earth, been in a tornado, oh, and seen a man burnt alive once. And he looked up at the children's mother and the little girl who were sitting close together, their faces white and their eyes glassy i've even seen a woman flogged he said pray pray the grandmother began pray pray i never was a bad boy that i remember of the misfit said in an almost dreamy voice but wares along the line well, I'd done something wrong and got sent to the penitentiary. I was buried alive. And he looked up and held her attention to him by a steady stare. That's when you should have started to pray, she said. Now, what did you do to get sent to the penitentiary that first time? Turn to the right, and it was a wall, the misfit said, looking up again at the cloudless sky. Turn to the left, it was a wall. Look up, it was a ceiling. Look down, it was a floor. I forget what i done, lady. I sat there and sat there trying to remember what it was I'd done, and I ain't recalled it to this day. Once in a while, I would think it was coming to me, but it never come. Well, maybe they put you in by mistake, the old lady said, vaguely. no. It wasn't no mistake. They had papers on me. Oh, well, you must have stolen something, she said, and the misfit sneered slightly. Nobody had nothing I wanted, he said. It was a head doctor at the penitentiary said that I had done what I had done was kill my daddy, but... I know that for a lie. My daddy died in 19 ought 19 of the epidemic flu, and I never had a thing to do with it. He was buried in the Mount Hopewell Baptist Churchyard, and you can go there and see for yourself. If you would pray, the old lady said, Jesus would help you. Huh? Yeah, that's right, the misfit said. Well, then why don't you pray? Why don't you pray, she asked, suddenly trembling with delight. I don't want no help, he said. I'm doing all right by myself. Bobby Lee and Hiram came ambling back from the woods, and Bobby Lee was dragging a yellow shirt with bright blue parrots on it. Aw, throw me that shirt, Bobby Lee, the misfit said, and the shirt came flying at him and landed on his shoulder, and he put it on. The grandmother couldn't name what the shirt reminded her of. No, lady, the misfit said while he was buttoning it up. I found out The crime don't matter. Uh, You can do one thing or you can do another. You can kill a man or take a tire off a car because sooner or later you're gonna forget what it was you done and just be punished for it. Now the children's mother had begun making heaving noises as if she couldn't get her breath. Lady, would you and that little girl like to step off yonder with Bobby Lee and Hiram and join your husband? Yes, thank you, the mother said faintly. Her left arm dangled helplessly and she was holding the baby who had gone to sleep in the other. Help that lady up, Hiram the misfit said as she struggled to climb out of the ditch and bobby lee you hold on to that little girl's hand i don't want to hold hands with him june star said he reminds me of a pig the fat boy blushed and laughed and caught her by the arm and pulled her off into the woods after hiram and her mother Alone with the misfit, the grandmother found that she had lost her voice. There was not a cloud in the sky nor any sun. There was nothing around her but woods. She wanted to tell him that he must pray. She opened And closed her mouth several times, several times before anything came out. And finally, she found herself saying, Jesus, Jesus, meaning Jesus will help you. But the way she was saying it, it sounded as if she might be cursing. Yes, the misfit said, as if he agreed. Jesus shown everything off balance. You know, it was the same case with him as with me, except well, he hadn't committed any crime, and they could prove I had committed one because, well, they had the papers on me. Course, he said. They never shown me my papers. That is why I sign myself now. I said long ago, you get a signature and you sign everything you do and you keep a copy of it, then you'll know what you've done. And you can hold up the crime to the punishment and see, do they match? And in the end, you'll have something to prove. You ain't been treated right. Now, I call myself the misfit, he said, because I can't make what all i done wrong fit what all i gone through in my punishment. There was a piercing scream from the woods, followed closely by a pistol report. Does it seem right to you, lady, that one is punished a heap, and another ain't punished at all. Jesus, the old lady cried, but you've got good blood, I know you wouldn't shoot a lady. I know you come from nice. Pray, Jesus, you ought not to shoot a lady. Ah, I'll give you. All the money I've got, lady, the misfit said, looking beyond her, far into the woods. There never was a body that give the undertaker a tip. There were two more pistol reports, and the grandmother raised her head like a parched old turkey hen crying for water, and she called. Bailey boy, Bailey boy, as if her heart would break. Jesus was the only one that ever raised the dead, the misfit continued, and you know he shouldn't have done it. He should, He shown everything, everything off balance. If he did what he said, then it's nothing for you to do, but throw away everything and follow him. And well, if he didn't, then it's nothing for you to do but well enjoy a, a f- the few minutes you got left the best way you can. Uh-huh. Maybe by killing somebody or burning down his house or doing some other meanness to him no pleasure no pleasure but meanness he said and his voice had become almost a snarl now maybe he didn't raise the dead yeah maybe maybe he didn't raise the dead the old lady mumbled not knowing really what she was saying and feeling so dizzy that she had to sit down why she sank down in the ditch with her legs all twisted under her well i wasn't there so i can't say he didn't the misfit said i wished i had a been there he said hitting the ground with his fist it ain't right that i wasn't there because if i had a been there i would a known "'Now, now, listen, lady,' he said in a higher voice. "'If I had a been there, I would have known, "'and I wouldn't be like I am now.' "'His voice seemed about to crack, "'and the grandmother's head cleared just for an instant Why she saw the man's face twisted.' close to her own, as if he were going to cry. And she murmured, Why Oh you're you're just one of my babies. You're one of my own children and she reached out and touched him on the shoulder. Oh the misfit he sprang back as if a snake had bitten him and shot her three times through the chest. And then he put his gun down on the ground and took off his glasses and began to clean them. Hiram and Bobby Lee returned from the woods and stood over the ditch looking down at the grandmother who half sat and half lay in a puddle of blood with her legs crossed under her like a child's and her face smiling up at that cloudless sky without his glasses the misfit's eyes were red rimmed and pale and defenseless looking yeah take her off Throw her where you shown the others, he said, picking up the cat that was rubbing itself against his leg. She was a talker, wasn't she? Bobby Lee said, sliding down the ditch with a yodel. She would have been a good woman, the misfit said. If it had been somebody there to shoot her every minute of her life. Some fun, Bobby Lee said. Oh, shut up, Bobby Lee, the misfit said. It's no real pleasure in life. Good night.